listening to Fox Sports Radio. I'm RJ Bell with the sports betting headlines for Tuesday. Hard Knocks premieres tonight, and the Dallas Cowboys have Dak Prescott throwing on the sidelines like he's 70 years old. Is that deceiving? And what is the betting market saying? It's made a big move against Dallas. We'll lead with that. We talked about it. Aaron Rodgers. The Cubs in a DS. Aaron Rodgers is not expected to play in the preseason. Either is Stafford. This is a real change of the younger coaches. What does it mean to preseason betting? And the college football polls are out. A lot of love for Alabama. The Vegas odds don't love Alabama quite as much. Here comes a four-hour The Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You heard it. I'm RJ live in Las Vegas, live on a Tuesday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. AJ Hoffman in studio. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. We're the pros. He's the Joe in L.A. Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got NFL training camps picking up around the league as they approach the first preseason games for many teams in the NFL. And we've also got a debut coming up later on tonight. What is the Vegas lead here on this Tuesday? Should, should I scream, how about them Cowboys? <laughs> how about no i won't try to be jimmy johnson but man oh man if there's any rule in sports media in the modern era there's probably the rule of hey if lebron can be talked about talk about lebron and if the cowboys can be talked about talk about the cowboys well this is probably going to be the day that dallas gets discussed more than any day in the preseason the premier of hard knocks and by all accounts hard knocks does not help a team win it's a distraction but jerry jones give him that camera man he likes super bowls but he likes that camera even more i think yeah and it'll be a familiar sight later on tonight 10 eastern time on hbo it is the premiere of this season's edition of hard knocks and it does feature the dallas cowboys as they get ready for the 2021 season You know, I love, and I've said this probably a dozen times, I love the fact that we at Fox Sports Radio have a live news update, that we have professionals who scour the internet, scour Twitter, looking for the important stories, and they're presented in a simplistic way. Now, when I say simplistic, I mean that's an advantage. If you're in the car, the kids are talking, whatever else is going on, you want to say, hey, oh, tonight's the premiere of Harden. Okay, and Dak, Dak's thrown? Good, good. There's no way that you can get nuanced in a 30-second, 40-second news read. And I think what the FSR team does exceptionally well is they simplify it in a accurate way. But what we know is in the age of aggregation in media – So what's aggregation? It means that most media companies are not looking to originate and break stories. That's too, you got to have a Woj and a Schefter. It's, It's just too much money to pay those guys. Hey, let Schefter break the story and we'll aggregate it and get our own clicks, our own listens out of it. Well, most aggregators are in college or they're barely out of college or they ain't too smart. And what you see is a lot of headlines that kind of repeat the party line, that whatever the source of the info wanted to spread gets spread. And right now what's getting spread is Dak is throwing today. 
okay, he must be moving forward. His injury concerns must be modest. Maybe they are non-existent. You know why? Because I saw it on the headlines. I heard it. Is Dax throwing today? I'm going to pose the following. Today was a disaster if you like Dallas. Now, why would it be a disaster? Is it just the alliteration of the Ds? Maybe that's part of it. But I think the valid part of it is that if Dak were even close to 100%, would he be off to the side, tossing the ball like Joe Montana could? And I don't mean Joe Montana in 1988. I mean Joe Montana today could have done what Dak did today. And if that's a sign of Dak being better, when in truth, if there's any elite quarterback that needs time actually practicing, wouldn't it be the guy that has played five games in the last 20 months? In the last 20 months, Dak Prescott has played five games. He needs practice time. He needs game time. And they got a big game coming up week one. They don't start slow at Tampa. So... I'll start with you, AJ, considering how much time Dak needs actually practicing, considering that Jerry Jones, a master of PR, understands today's a day Dallas is going to be talked about. Let's put a deception out there. Let's let's have Dak limp out. Well, maybe not limp. He'll come out twisting his shoulder. Maybe he is limping. I don't know. He's not practicing. And have him throw to an Amari Cooper who's not practicing either. Two injured players tossing on the sidelines. That ends up being the lead. And I get it. I'm not saying it's anyone's job to dig into it except ours. We're the ones that try at least. And my point would be this is a bad sign because he's doing so little. And this feels like something for the aggregators because they don't want to say, oh, Dallas didn't want it said. Oh, and for the 10th straight day, Dak didn't practice. AJ. Yeah, if we're thinking that Dak was going to come into this season 100%, clearly that's not the case. And the leg injury, you can be concerned about that to whatever extent you want. When you see him today on the field, he's wearing shorts and both his legs are pretty heavily wrapped. But now it's a shoulder injury that we're talking about. And the way he's throwing the ball, it, it literally looks like the way I would throw to my nine-year-old kid at the park. Like to make sure he, you know, he's, it's not going to hit him in the face and hurt him. Amari Cooper's not even wearing a helmet. I mean, this is about as slow motion as you can get. So the, you could say the fact that they're doing something is a positive, but sure does feel like it, it tells me that they're a lot further away from actually competing than what I thought. We had reports, it's in the media, that the Cowboys have went to the Texas Rangers baseball team that some of their medical staff trying to see, hey, what's going on with Dak's shoulder? If for the first time I've ever heard of, you got a NFL team going to pitching experts to say, hey, what's happening here? Ooh, that seems bad. I mean, I just think Tommy John. I think Again, it's pure speculation, but it doesn't feel like you go to the Texas Rangers baseball team if it's nothing. Same question to you, Jonas. The headlines look sound good. How concerned are you? Uh, I'm a little concerned just from the standpoint of based on what they said before this injury or whatever you want to call it happened was that, oh, no, we plan to play him in the preseason. Mike McCarthy said out loud, I want to play him in the preseason. Dak Prescott said himself, I want to play in the preseason. Well, you already missed one preseason game. 
Now you've got the next one coming up uh, this Friday against the Cardinals. I, I would venture to guess he's probably not playing in that one based on the video footage we saw earlier th- earlier today. That's a best bet right there. Yeah, and, and so w- we're already missing half of our preseason games as you get ready for a season that's now less than a month away. I, I just, I, at the very least, not an ideal situation at all for Dallas or Dak. The sports batters cut through the BS. We tried to provide you with that information in the most authentic way possible, the most authentic way in media. We are straight out of Vegas, and the betting market has spoken. Now, liquidity, what does that mean? Liquidity means how much is being bet, how much can be bet, how, uh, what's the ability of this market to take big bets? Well, liquidity is massive for week one NFL. Well, week one NFL, yesterday, Dallas was six and a half point underdog against Tampa Bay opening game. They are now seven point underdogs. In the NFL, the most key number is three, but not far behind is seven. So they were saying the betters, the the professionals, the syndicates, give us all we can eat at Tampa minus six and a half. Until it went to seven everywhere. Then they said, mm, we're, we're full. We're happy. But we got a lot of six and a half in our pockets. Now, six and a half has been out there for, what, two months since they've announced the schedule? Why did it just go up to seven now? It feels like this is the betting market saying we might not be sure of what uncertainty is being generated here. But there is increased uncertainty on Dallas's performance. What could it be? Dak might miss game one. I don't think that's likely. If he did, the line would go way up. It would be much more than seven. But th- the chance of it might have been, what, 2% before? And maybe now it's 10%. So that is value to Tampa, the increased chance that Dak might miss. Also, Dak might be behind in his progress. Like we said, he's played five games in 20 months. If he's only able to play one preseason game, if he's only able to practice about half the time between now and week one, that hurts Dak's prospects in week one. And if there's ever a time that what we're seeing now, if it's not a catastrophe, if Dak isn't out for the season, which is very unlikely but possible, week one is where he's going to be affected the most. If his arm's still less than 100%, If he doesn't have the proper practice time, week one is when that would happen and have the biggest effect. And week one is where the pros are betting against Dallas. So Dallas is being looked at by the professionals. They're looking at Dak and this sideshow and the tossing like Joe Montana at age 70. And they're saying, we don't buy it. Give us Tampa minus six and a half. That is unequivocally true. We are straight out of Vegas. Now, if you actually look at the over under yards, The only quarterback in the NFL that's expected to throw for more yards than Dak, the only quarterback, is Patrick Mahomes. Right now, Dak Prescott is projected to have the second most yards this season, if you look at his over-under. So this is a quarterback that we can debate. Is he sixth, seventh, eighth best quarterback in the league? But he throws the ball. Obviously, Zeke has been mm, not quite his twinkle-toed south the last year or two since Cabo. It's not a running team. You look at the offensive line, it used to be one of the top five in the league. I mean, Dak might be in AJ, let me ask you, 
is Dak maybe the third, fourth most valuable quarterback? We can debate that some quarterbacks are better, but wouldn't the Rams just be – if the Rams lose Stafford, it would be a, a big blow. But would it be as big a blow as Dallas without Dak? We saw last year this defense was bottom of the league. Now they're changing defensive coordinators. They're going to a different scheme. That net net might be a good thing. And last year Nolan was horrible. But changing to a different scheme usually takes about half a year. And you say, well, they could run the ball. Well, the O-line average probably now. And now you've got running backs that are not elite. Isn't Dak, you know, maybe behind Mahomes, behind Brady? I mean, is he, where's he ranked to you as a valuable quarterbacks? I put him right at the top. He's got to be right near the top, mostly because, well, and you, you've got to consider who the backup is. And we talked last week before the Hall of Fame game, the Cowboys have really nothing behind him, nothing that should be playing in the NFL. Dominic DiNucci. Yeah, and then you, you, you mentioned it. They've got a bad defense. They've got a, a poor running game. They're not considered to be very well coached. These are all things that you have to factor in. How do you replace that piece? And none of those things really point to saying, oh, this would be an easy transition. And we really saw it last year when they were without him. They went from a team that looked like they were you know headed to, to winning the division to, to not being competitive all, all season. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think after maybe Mahomes and, and, and possibly Aaron Rodgers, you could throw in that mix as well. Maybe Maybe Russell Wilson. There's not anybody who's definitively more valuable to their team than Dak Prescott. AJ just ticked off some of the best quarterbacks. We're going to take our first break and do two things. One is I'm going to ask Jonas and AJ, what are you looking most forward to with Hard Knocks? If there's one thing you want to see, what is it? And then I'm going to pose the following question. There's one quarterback in the NFL that I think you can rely on with zero doubt. Otherwise, every elite quarterback, I believe, has a big question mark beside him. We'll talk about, is there any other quarterbacks you can really rely on other than one? That's coming up next, but first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. Dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, podcast or wherever you get your podcast. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a closer look at the premiere of Hard Knocks later on tonight. In just a minute or two, how many quarterbacks are reliable Super Bowl level in the NFL? If I said one, would that be like really just one? Well, I'm going to say one. And I'm going to shoot holes. Jonas, he can list the quarterbacks he thinks. I'm going to shoot holes to him. Boom, boom. AJ, boom, boom. There's one. 
This is, though, the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. The audience has doubled in the last year plus. Why? Because of your support. You're spreading the word. And we're going to keep having fantastic shows that are rooted in the truth, but with fun along the way. <laughs> you can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas. Here in Vegas, on the Strip, 106 degrees. The neon is chugging. So, RJ, coming up later on tonight is the season premiere of Hard Knocks featuring the Dallas Cowboys as they get ready for the upcoming season opener against the Bucks to open up the year. And as we talked about in the first segment, Dak tossing like a grandpa on the sidelines, a bad sign to me. The betting market says so. They bet against Dallas in week one. They were six-and-a-half-point underdogs against Tampa. Now seven-point dogs, seven, such a key number in the NFL. Now, though, let's be fans for a minute. AJ, what are you looking forward to the most? And then we'll go to Jonas with Hard Knocks for the entire preseason of it. Oddly enough, I'm looking forward to see how the shadow of COVID affects Hard Knocks. I've been so curious what the locker room's been like in Minnesota where guys have been getting fired and players have been on opposite sides of things. I'd love to see even just a glimpse of that in Dallas. I want to know exactly how players are handling guys who don't want to get vaccinated, uh, guys who they feel like maybe risking the long-term you know, safety of the team. That stuff fascinates me. I think that is fascinating because we are right now, we only get what they we're only seeing what individuals share with us and what the teams and league want us to see. The whole point of having all those cameras, though, I know the NFL has to approve of, I think, pretty much every second of the film that they actually uh, use. It's still you can get a feel that you wouldn't get any other way of how, what the dynamic is with COVID because it's easy to say. Well, if you're, you know, like the uh, progressives might say, if you're not stupid, you get the vaccine. Uh, the ones on the right are saying more or some of them are saying, hey, it's a it's a right not to get the vaccine. The NFL is more complicated because it is a more conservative fan base. I'm not saying they're all conservative. I'm saying if you compare to the NBA, there's going to be a lot more sympathy to the one saying, I don't want you know, the government putting anything in my body. And the reality is that for the team's chance to win a Super Bowl, the less of this there is, the better. I, I, I can't imagine how Minnesota is helped by this. So on one hand, the NFL and the teams themselves want to kind of be hardcore about this, you would think, but they understand their audience. And I think that is why you're seeing such ginger steps in this regard and why they're not making it mandatory for the teams. Jonas, what are you looking forward to the most? I want to see how much coverage they give the moment they realize Dak Prescott was dealing with the shoulder issue. Mm. Because the more that they talk about it, the less concerned I believe that they are uh, as far as how it looks on the outside. The less coverage it gets if they just sort of gloss over it because they do have the ability to, uh, uh, as far as the final cut goes and what is actually shown, if they sort of gloss over it and don't pay much attention to it, I think it's a bigger issue than they're letting on. Wouldn't you agree, Jerry Jones being the media genius that he is, if there's anything he's the best at, it might be that, getting media attention. Wouldn't you agree that if they seem like they're paying a ton of attention to it, but then the end result, since they do have control, is optimism, wouldn't that maybe fool 
a person who's thinking of it like you are. Not you necessarily because you're so savvy, but it, it seems like they're going to show him with the, you know, initially when he feels the twins, you're going to have the doctors huddle around. They're going to say, we better double check this. And then a little later, the MRI's back. It feels like since they have control of it, they can look like they're paying a lot of attention to it, but control what gets at what the end impression is. Yeah, that's why I want to see what the approach is, because I think, you know, we're able to see what is fluff for the television, what is sort of just thrown out there as, oh, this is just to give people in, an optimistic look. But, you know, we do have facts on, on our side, and the facts are he was out of practice, not throwing very hard at all. So the idea that they're going to pretend that everything is OK and we're you know going to move forward and he'll be ready to go and there's not a concern or an issue at all. When you tell us that he's going to play in preseason games and he's already set to miss two of the four, I, I think that's where, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what the messaging is from them when it comes to this episode. Jonas, I think our years together have made you more of a skeptic. I mean, you were always <laughs> a little bit of a skeptic, but I think now it's like we're going du- we're like three levels above saying, well, what, you know, if they do this, it's going to be. But again, you know what? You need to be that because in general, deception is the order of the day when it comes to teams and the media because you know what they think it's a competitive advantage not to have the opponent know what's going on and we've seen that from Gurley onward with the, the with the uh during the time of this show and i don't think we've ever gotten the full here's the point if the truth hurts a team and they don't have to say it they're not going to say it it's that simple we are straight out of vegas you know what else doesn't help a team hard knocks and yeah. Yeah, if you look at it, AJ, you've got a stat on this that is really an eye popper. Yeah, this the Rams last season made the playoffs. They were the first team in five years to make the playoffs. So it was a And remember a bad last run. year there was double teams, so <laughs> yeah. sixteen last six teams on hard knocks, one's made the playoffs. Yep, and the the Cowboys have been on twice. Both times they missed the playoffs back in 2002, back in 2005, missed the playoffs both years. So Hard Knocks not been kind to the season-long results for for the Cowboys especially, but for really many teams. And I don't think Dallas has made the playoffs since Hard Knocks ever, have they? Oh, wait, I think they a couple times. (laughs) I tell you this, I don't care what year they were, they didn't make the conference championship game as long as it was after 1995. And if you look at all of Hard Knocks, uh, and it goes back to 2001, and then there was two, and then there was like five years off. So, that, you know, there's been a lot, a lot of different permutations of this. But in total, there's been 16 teams that's participated in hard knocks. So statistically, if you just were random with those teams, you would expect one of them to have made the Super Bowl or to have won the Super Bowl. Because in theory, well, let's think about this. If you had 16, you'd expect one to have made the Super Bowl. I think that's fair to say because there's every year there's two teams that make it. So one out of 16 teams make it in a given year. Or, or I'm sorry, check that. Two out of 16 make it. And there's been 16 teams. So you would expect that for sure at least to have made it. Not one team has made the Super Bowl that participate even made it so won the conference championship that's participated in hard knocks uh, now is that statistically significant is that this maybe not but boy oh boy when you got something where the NFL just repeats again and again and again distractions are bad we don't want Kaepernick as a backup because it'd be a distraction. We don't want Tebow as a backup because he'd be a distraction. Tebow, literally, the last time he threw a pass in an NFL game, won a playoff game. Who in the heck ever wins a playoff game and never takes another snap? 
John Elway and Tim Tebow. That's yeah. it. Well, yeah, yeah. Either ride off as the best quarterback of all time at the time, or I don't think he even Spencer check that out. I don't think he ever took. He might have taken a preseason snap after he and he beat the Steelers as a seven point underdog at home. I still remember that game, and I don't think he ever took another snap. But we'll see about that when Spencer checks it. But it was pretty close to that. Why? What's the argument? It's because of the old, we don't want a distraction. Well, is hard knocks anything but a distraction? And I understand the NFL can mandate, and they have to sometimes that teams let it happen. But Dallas wants it. They want the attention. Jerry Jones likes it. And you know what? If the game that's being played here literally is about team franchise value, then Jerry Jones is right. The, the Dallas Cowboys franchise, the value of it has increased because of the publicity Jerry Jones is able to generate. And Hard Knocks is an example of that, a big example of that. But if your goal is to win, I'm not sure the history tells us it's not a good thing. As AJ said, six teams, one playoff team out of the last six, zero Super Bowl participants. Were we right about Tebow, Spencer? He did play a preseason game in 2015. So no regular season snaps. So you should just say you're right, RJ. You're absolutely right, RJ. We're not talking preseason. George Plimpkin took a preseason snap. Ooh, that's a re- you get that reference, AJ? <laughs> no, I don't. Look it up on the internet. George Plimpkin, Lions. You get that one, Jonas? No. I, oh, this, I is it is. <laughs> this is old school. So he wrote a book. I think it was called Paper Lion. And the whole premise of the book was, George Plimpkin, I think his name was, he went and tried out for the Lions. And, you know, he was like a borderline college player, so he wasn't supposed to be there. But it was like almost like a fantasy camp, but it was also a book. You see that, AJ, on the Internet? Yep. A reporter once played quarterback for the Lions. Now that is a pull. Woo-hoo. <laughs> All right. We are straight out of Vegas. Now I'm going to make the following case. There's one quarterback that you can rely on to play Super Bowl level. That's it, one. His name, Patrick Mahomes. Every other quarterback, and we're going to start with Jonas, that you want to pick, I am going to shoot a hole through him so fast, metaphorically, and it's going to be, yeah, you know, you're right. And I'm not saying it's for sure they won't be a Super Bowl level. I'm saying there's a real question mark. Jonas who would be the second quarterback on your list of certain to be Super Bowl caliber? Meaning that I believe that they can win a Super Bowl this upcoming season. That, they, that there's nothing that says here's why they can't. So let's, let's make it simple. Tom Brady, is, he's, gonna be, he's 44. Yeah. Now, there's a chance that, you, that that's fine, that he'll be the one person in history that can be 44 and play like that. But I'm saying that's a big old question mark. So let's set aside Tom Brady and say, who do you have the highest certainty of? Uh, I would say Aaron Rodgers. Okay. And I would make the following case. Five of the last six seasons, Aaron Rodgers has not been even close to elite. And now a lot of people are going to do a double take at that. They're going to say, really? If you just look at QBR, if you, whatever you want to look at, last season Aaron Rodgers had one of the best seasons in the history of the NFL at quarterback. In the prior five, he was not elite in any one season even. So if five of the last six years a quarterback isn't elite, 
I'm not sure why we should think he's going to be elite this year. Last year felt like an aberration. What was the aberration is they drafted a quarterback. I'm mad. I'm Aaron Rodgers. I'm mad. So I'm going to get in great shape, and I'm going to show him it's going to be the FU tour. Okay, well, he did it. Congratulations. To me, that's an indictment. If you could do that with it was just effort, then, man, why haven't you done it the last five years? And, oh, by the way, this offseason felt like less effort than any offseason I've seen from a quarterback. In Hawaii, golfing, Jeopardy. Uh, I think down year for Aaron Rodgers is a reasonable perspective. How about you, AJ? Mine's probably Russell Wilson. I would make the following case. The second half of last season, which is the most recent eight games, is the worst eight-game stretch of Russell Wilson's career. Would you agree with that? It's, it's up there, certainly. Well, I want you to tell me. the. I mean, it's more than up there. It's the worst eight-game stretch. But let's accept it is, is at least tied for the worst eight-game sure. stretch. So if I would say – now, listen, Aaron Rodgers, his recent time was the best time. So I agree with Jonas that if there's any time that you're going to say is the most important one year, I would say it's last year. So uh, on one hand, that's pro Aaron Rodgers. But if five of the last six years haven't been great, I think it's fair to say maybe the five years trumps the one year. And I also think with Russell Wilson, all those years of good performance trumps the half year. But if there's uh, we're not we're saying there's a big old question mark. Russell Wilson had his worst half season, the last half season. It's the most recent. Is that him physically breaking down? Is that the scheme getting figured out? Is that I don't know what. But, man, we know statistically he started the year with MVP talk. He ended the year as, I don't even know what to say, an average quarterback the last eight games? Well, maybe – Okay. He was maybe average the last eight games, but he did. I mean, he's, he had well, his listen, career high QBR. Ca- there's going to be a counterpoint to all these quarterbacks because I'm letting you have every quarterback but one. Patrick Mahomes, there's no counterpoint. There's no way to say here's why he's not going to be Super Bowl quality. Nothing. But to say that Russell Wilson was an average quarterback for the last half of the, the most recent season feels like a pretty big question mark. I know Certainly. he had good years before that. Your thoughts? My thoughts are that even despite the last eight games, the season overall, he, it was the best QBR season he's had in his career. I still feel like Russell Wilson put together a fine season overall, despite some uh, some oh, lackluster that's games. That's not the debate. The that's the reason you took him third. Okay. Like me, meaning, if I take Patrick Mahomes first, and Jonas takes Aaron Rodgers second, we kind of set Tom Brady aside because we did him quickly. Let's say Brady's in the top three. You had the fourth pick. So obviously we, you pick someone that's good. I'm saying don't you agree that if you're – in fact, it's, it's a rhetorical question. If your most recent eight games is your worst eight games, that's a question mark. We are yes. straight out of Vegas. Jonas, pick next. Um, I would go – oh, so we're doing almost like a fantasy draft. Yeah, um, I, I'm just I would, shoot them down. Okay. Um, let me, geez, let me think about Josh it. Josh Allen? Only going um, – Oh, geez. Uh, I would say, yeah, I'll go Josh Allen. Okay. Josh Allen, it's the same argument as Aaron Rodgers, but even worse because he never had a, a prior time, meaning his first two years, Josh Allen was average or worse. In fact, and this was a shocker, we were debating it, and it was like, how's Josh Allen's second year compared to Daniel Jones? And it was like, well. Daniel Jones had a much better second year. It wasn't even close. It's like, really? It's like, there were questions about Josh Allen literally making or, or having the job after his third year. 
if he played like he did in his second year. He played amazing. It, it was maybe the biggest jump we've ever seen between year two and three. I think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic. But if you say this quarterback has had one year of good performance and two years of average or worse, but we're certain he's going to be good this year, it just doesn't work. I think there's more uncertainty than people want to realize with Josh Allen. AJ, pick next. Oh, you're forcing me into some bad stuff now. I mean, let's Deshaun Watson. I think on the field, <laughs> there's no questions. I think off the field, there's gigantic questions. And actually, Deshaun Watson would probably be my second pick on the field. He never had a bad year. Last year was his best year. But now off the field, huge question marks. I guess maybe if I'm going with a guy who hasn't shown any question marks, maybe it's Justin Herbert. Okay. And now we're back to one year. And you're right. I'd rather a guy – I actually think Herbert has a better chance than Allen to have a good year because if you have three years and only one of them's good and it's the most recent, okay, that's one thing. If you're one of one, that's better. But it's like Herbert, but it's still one year only. And then if you want to extend back and say his college years, many of them were disappointments. I think that's fair. So Herbert maybe might be second or third on this list, which is crazy. But I think you picked a good one. But I'm not sure if you can say we got one year of data. And there's one other piece. Herbert excelled under pressure. If you look at PFF, he had an amazing, like, you can't believe how good performance went under pressure. Statistically, when you're under pressure, that varies year to year. There's more noise in it, as PFF calls it, and stats guys do. So Herbert was amazing in an area that doesn't usually stay consistent. Actually, Carson Wentz is another quarterback. The, the vaunted almost MVP year, he was amazing under pressure. He's never repeated that. I think with Herbert, there's some real questions, specifically because it's just one year, but also because of the fact that the thing that differentiated him doesn't stay steady. Okay, I'm going to go in a minute to Jonas for the next pick. That's coming up next, but first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. Dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And, R.J., we've been talking about the confidence level of quarterbacks at the Super Bowl level heading into the season outside of Patrick Mahomes. Well, I like hearing you use a statistical term, confidence level. I love that, Jonas. All right, so our, my theory is Patrick Mahomes – is a sure thing almost. This guy's rock solid. I don't have any question marks. Josh Allen, question mark. He's only had one of three good seasons. Tom Brady, 44 years old. Aaron Rodgers, last six years he's had five that were non-elite. That's the truth. Look it up. Russell Wilson, the second half of last season was his worst half season ever. So his most recent eight games was his worst eight. That's cause for concern. Now, Let's run through some of the more obvious ones. Dak Prescott, he's injured, ankle, arm, big question marks there. Lamar Jackson, 
he can't really throw the ball. He threw worse last season than the season before. You don't get worse at that and feel optimistic about it. He's a great runner. Can you win a Super Bowl that way? We've never really seen it. Herbert, only one good year. Uh, Burrow, injuries. Carson Wentz, stinks. So I've left a few of the guys, but I didn't want the more obvious ones. So I'm going to let Jonas pick one more and AJ pick one more, but we'll start with Jonas. I mean, I don't have one more. That's the problem. So you're saying you think it was just one quarterback that's really real. I was thinking Tom Brady might be the second most reliable. I would say Brady as well, too, but I know we talked about him and, and sort of crossed him off the list. I just, even with Mahomes, though, I mean, I, I'm still not 100% certain oh, he's well, going to be Super Bowl What's the question, though? What is All the right. question? Like, what, to whatever confidence you've got in Mahomes, it's so much higher than anyone else because I don't no, think it's a valid question. Yeah, no, 100%. The one, the one concern with Mahomes that I would say is he has dealt with injuries throughout the course of his career. Now, like, that I'd has make, been the case. Oh, I'd make the case the fact, the way he got his ankle, his leg bent back in that game, the fact he wasn't out for the season probably makes him, but I guess the one foot injury, maybe. He's so, had the toe issue. He had the dislocated kneecap. Yeah, he had which the, was actually, I, I think, him being pretty, it was almost Giannis like the fact he didn't get hurt worse on that. That play you know but yeah the, the toe I think you got a point there I think and, yeah and and I do think the one issue and we saw a play out in the Super Bowl is the offensive line they basically retooled the entire thing if that offensive line it plays as well as a lot of people expect it to with just the new faces they've got there I, I don't see anybody getting anywhere close to him from a confidence level heading into the Super Bowl I agree Kansas City is the favorite over Tampa Bay to be the Super Bowl champion ESPN has their offensive line rankings pass protection I'm going by memory here. I did it last night. A sixth or seventh Kansas City's new line was. So it was in the top ten for sure. That's the projection. We are straight out of Vegas. AJ, quarterback that you think is potentially reliable in the universe of Mahomes? I guess, and I'm not crazy about this guy, but he's in a position that maybe gives him a chance as Ryan Tannehill. I got three words. Game manager. Is he even <laughs> – this is a guy that literally got cut by the Dolphins. And I know he's played better with Derrick Henry, new offensive coordinator there. And and let's be honest, that OC was very, Atlanta's head coach, very valuable. Um, I I wonder is Tanny, I mean, because another one Spencer brought up, and I think rightfully so, Derrick Carr doesn't have a lot of questions. But except the big one, is Derrick Carr, even if he's consistent, a Super Bowl-level quarterback? Is Tannehill a Super Bowl-level quarterback? I understand statistically – you might say yes, but if you consider his PFF grade, which tries to take out how good of a running game there is and all those other factors that a game manager gets carried by, you could say Baker Mayfield doesn't have a ton of questions. But again, I don't know if Tannehill can, can put a team on his back for a Super Bowl run. Do you think that he can? No, he's just the best I could come up with at this point. <laughs> I mean, think about it, guys. This is an interesting concept. There's one quarterback you can really say Super Bowl level, and I have a high confidence level, as Jonas would say. Jonas, let's do quickly Alabama and the poll that came out. Yeah, and the uh, college football national tie or the national championship picture for college football seems to be a familiar sight. The poll has come out. The top 25, Alabama stands atop the list yet again. Okay, AJ, though, Vegas not nearly as confident in Bama. 
Yeah, 53 of the 55 coaches said Bama number one. Alabama plus 250, according to Vegas. Clemson plus 380. Ohio State plus 550. Georgia 600. And Oklahoma plus 750. Okay, so if you look at Clemson, you look at Alabama, you'd make the case Alabama's a little bit better than Clemson by the odds. Alabama's considered massively better by the coaches. Which one do you agree with yourself, AJ? I tend to think that there's that Vegas is right. There's a little more parity than what the uh, the coaches think. I think the big question for Alabama is: you think you can keep replacing quarterbacks, and you've done it now from Tua to Mac Jones, but. If they're unproven, they're unproven. And when Bama hasn't had a good quarterback, they haven't won since Clemson came on the scene. They've won with a good quarterback or a really good one. They haven't without Bama being able to win with an A.J. McCarron. That's over, I think. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas, and you can check it out there. We are going to be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, as we approach the first batch of preseason games this upcoming weekend. That's tomorrow right here, Fox Sports Radio, Straight Out of Vegas here on FSR.